Well, it's a very special episode this week because literally every one of the main cast decided to be busy or occupied or just not show up this week. So it's a Discord Cast Ranger special! <laughs> I'm not bitter, shut up! I was just gonna start singing all by myself. How? Get out of my brain! I was thinking that, but then I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> don't, blame, don't blame them blame freddy but yeah like okay it's emily's birthday today the day we're recording this and i think she's in disneyland uh lane's voice gave out because we spent so much we partied so hard when he and gar were over last weekend that is he lost his voice which is a real fucking shame concerning what happens in this week's king Oger. uh gar was supposed to be on and then something personal came up at the last second uh, and Sal and Paul just didn't come by. <laughs> so you stuck with us. Yeah, joining me today are some of our members of the Discord community. We have Vegas, Jerry, and I believe for the first time, Kaguya. Hello. This is a takeover by Ultra Galaxy Chat. Ah, fuck. I'm being taken over, being taken over by the Ultras, or as we've established in our uh, pre-episode pre chat, the, the sparkling gay. What was it? Was it shimmering? It was shimmering. <laughs> the shimmering gay. Cue the roll call. Connect. Loading. Broadcast. Perfect. Show running super savant. Rebel up. Bluecaster super ichi. That puns of positive reinforcement. Uh, two! Nightcaster, you carry the loss. Casting, criticism, comedy, chaos! Radio Sentai Cast Ranger! On air! Welcome to Radio Sentai Cast Ranger episode 459. Snowbird! This episode is already Snover. <laughs> okay, thank Hello, you. Yeah. All right. Well, if you happen to be listening for the first time, thank you for checking us out. You picked a very odd episode to tune into. But uh, normally, we're a gaggle of at least people in the same country who get together to talk about Kamen Rider Super Sentai and a third thing. <laughs> uh. I know at least two people in, in here right now are on the same continent. All right, we just have to triangulate everyone else. <laughs> All right, so our topics for this week... All right. Uh, our topics for this week are Kamen Rider Gotchard, Episode 8, Episode 34 of King Oger, and finally wrapping up Borgtober 3, a month that Gar has subjected us to, Juco B Fighter episodes 22 and 24. AKA the episodes I have not watched. You're not. Only because. Oh. You're not missing a lot. I mean, you, you are missing one thing, and that's Gigantus. Gargantus. I've been saying it wrong this entire time. Yes. I think you'll see that too. <laughs> Yeah. My life is a lie! That's <laughs> what we do here on Cast Ranger. We illuminate childhood errors. 
<laughs> All right. Well, before we get in, sorry, go ahead. As you do. As we do. All right. So before we get into episode discussion, we have some news to talk about. News mode. Yay. So I swear to God, when I first saw these, I thought these were fan made. I did not know these were real. And that's why I wanted to highlight these. Uh, this is the Gotchard Geats Winter Movie Ride Kemi card set featuring the unhenshined forms of Ukiyo Ace and Ichino Sehotaro. Along with their partner Kemi, I guess. And you can tell the difference in like the acting ability. I'm so sorry, but Hotaro's actor is incapable of emoting in his eyes and it bothers me so much. Are we still on this? <laughs> Interesting thought. Yes, yes, we are. I will say, I, I will say the, the I highlighted my issue with him, so let's, we'll get to that. I will say there was a thing with Hotaro's eyes in this week's episode that I will talk about. Yes, you probably know exactly what I'm. Yeah, you probably know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so like looking at these cards, I love how it's like, oh, Hotaro Hopper one and Ace and himself <laughs> the geats kemi i guess <laughs> also it's interesting to see that that's gotchard's emblem you know what i mean i, I think they revealed it before i don't think i've ever seen it i could be wrong i can't, I can't remember where it's from but i def we've definitely seen this before but yeah it, it might be on one of the other gotchard cards maybe yeah. Oh yeah, I think I think it was from that promo card that they were putting at train stations for just anyone to take. Oh, okay. So they're just giving it out on the street. Oh yeah, they just literally had it on the wall of, of like a train station and be like, take as many as you fucking want. <laughs> Get take them. We need we'd want them to be gone. We need them gone. We need them in circulation. But yeah, so it looks like there's a two card set. Uh, for to promote the winter movie, seventy nine dollars US, I guess, for two cards and a little book that they come in. That's kind of a lot. I love how you look over at Gotchard and he's like, "Yeah, happy adventure, <laughs> youth." And then you, you look over to Geats and it's like, "I died." I've seen some shit. Times. Like I have died at least three times i have seen all of the shit i have lived several to quote emmett silk from ever 14 i've lived a thousand thousand of your lives to, to be fair <laughs> live for two thousand years one thing, over ace. one thing Otaru has over ace is that Otaru has a mom <laughs> ow but 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 neither of them have dads <laughs> in case, I haven't seen him yet. In these cases, dad died. His dad's been dead for two thousand freaking years. I'm sorry, Kaguya would strip the jugular. Jesus Christ! What a way to debut your your tenure on Cast Ranger. Hell yeah. <laughs> died <laughs> for all the sins wow all right moving on uh we have another batch of king Ocher plushies including our main cast time skip versions uh 
as well as some of the retainers. Aww. Okay, I need a picture comparison of the original plushies and the timeskip version side by side because I can't quite tell. I can't tell if like the clothes have much difference. I know for Gira they have a huge difference. I'm not sure about the others. Well, I think Kagaragi is wearing the exact same robe. I think Yanma has a slightly different jacket. Uh, Rita's hair is different. I know. I don't know about the outfit and. And Himeno's jacket is shorter. And Himeno has so many fucking different dresses that it's impossible to tell. Also, yeah. why is Kaguragi orange? Because uh, too much sun. He's tan. No, they, they, they try to make him tan, but they also don't want to make him like. They don't want to give him blackface because, like, that's definitely getting problematic. Yeah, considering he's from the agriculture country. Look at him compared right. to the other five, and he, like... Oh, yeah, no, no, even in show, he's, like, noticeably more tan than the rest of them, and I that's clearly by design. five pale-ass bug rangers, and then, and then you got... Then you have this orange wearing a wig. <laughs> I just love that Jeremy's primary difference between pre- and post-time skip is combed my hair to the other side. Yeah. Like, I look at this Kaguragi plushie, and I'm like, you are borderline Oompa loompa right now. <laughs> Kaguragi Deboski. That's all I'll do. Pre and post timeskip is her hair got messier. Yeah. Her hair got messier, sorry. And I still don't know why Yanma is blonde, and I still hate it. Uh, apparently, the guy like, was the one who had the idea. Like, the post time skip looks every single one was given was done with inputs from the actors so for all we know, well that's good would be like i want to be blonde i think what it is is because like in japan like bleach ichigo street punks bleach their hair yes that's exactly what i was thinking and i yeah i, mean, I understand but i still don't like it at least in this coming episode that airs this weekend, we'll get flashbacks of Yanma with his pre-time skip hair. Oh, yeah, pre-time oh, Honestly, I like pre-time skip Yanma's hair, but I do understand why they didn't want to go with that, because, like, the blue really did kind of blend in with the black, and it's not super obvious. But I love that. It's the exact same hair aesthetic that my FF14 character has. Black with subtle blue highlights. So you just like it because it's your ff 14 OC of life. Yes. Yes. You're projecting, EG. Yes, and yes. This I'm not denying it at all. This is fact, not opinion. <laughs> is not Sir Sir Knight Alexander, EG. But he <laughs> he's my Sentai OC. Sentai OC, do not see you. Uh, so yes, it looks like there. So the the six King Ogers post time skip are one six pack, and then there's a four pack of Shiokara, Sebastian, Morphonia, and uh, Kuroda. I think his name is. I forget. It's been so long Kuroda. since he's been on. Kuroda. Yeah. Okay. Kuroda. Uh, so let's see. Each of the plushies are one fifty millimeters tall. Uh, premium Bandai Web exclusive, thirteen thousand two hundred yen, releasing in March, and then the AIDS set. Wow, that sounds terrible out loud. Oh. Uh, I gave them all AIDS. <laughs> Cut to the South Park episode. They age her. 
Oh. <laughs> AIDS Oger. Uh, the AIDS set is premium Bandai web exclusive, 8,800 yen, releasing in March. Guys, no, it's okay. We're talking. No, uh, I don't know why I was about to say we're talking about AIDS from Zero One, but no, that's Ames. I'm surprised we didn't do the. My fucking brain sometimes. I'm surprised we didn't get the, the retainers when they did the first batch of plushies. Yeah, and also if we're doing a retainer set. Where the fuck is Duga and uh, Gerojimu? Didn't they make a Gerojimu plushie? I swear they made a Gerojimu plushie. Did they? I want to try But my point stands, if so, my point stands about Duga. He should be in this set. Wait, did I Mandela fight myself? I swear we saw a Gerojimu plushie at some point. Someone look it up. I think you're Mandela in right now. Nice. <laughs> Shit. It's the second time this week that. Pulled a Pull the Berenstain Bears on you. That's the second time this week someone I know has had a Mandela effect. Oh, yeah? Happen to them. Yeah. Um, a couple days back, a friend of mine, uh, I told him about Legends of the Hidden Temple, and he swears up and down that that show had an orangutan that would harass the contestants. <laughs> oh, Okay. And there's no orangutan. I I watched Legends of the Hidden Temple recently. Did anyone ever figure out what he was thinking of? Possibly the Shrine of the Silver Monkey? <laughs> Alright. Moving on. Uh, so this seems thematically appropriate. Choryuger is getting a musical. Except it's in South Korea. You had me, then you lost me. <laughs> Thing is, though, South Korean like musicals, it's I'm, not uh, terrible quality. It's it, actually, it, I'm, it's interesting that this is normal Kyoryuja and not with Kyoryuja Brave. It, let's be honest; like everyone's already forgotten about Kyoryuja Brave. You're, you're right. You're right, though. Kyoryuja Brave was just a rehash, so like I. I yeah, I think going for classic. I think the actors have forgotten about Kyoryuja Brave at this point. <laughs> uh, so Bandai Namco Korea announced that Kyoryuja will get a musical in South Korea later this year, also known as Power Rangers Dino Force, in that in in Korea apparently. Uh, the core six Kyoryujas will appear, which means fuck Cyan, Gray, Violet, and Silver, I guess. Uh, <laughs> The debug cares about the four best rangers. I care. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do too. Yeah. Uh, and the Deboth army members we will see are, of course, Igeron, Dagold, Luckyero, and Candelira. There are also two unknown characters teased as well. No chaos. So wait, are Luckyero and Candelira villains again in this musical? Maybe. Oh, maybe this is like a retelling of the original show. It could be. Okay, I'm, so I'm guessing maybe like the first part of the show. Maybe. I don't know. No, but core six. The core I six. Saving chaos is a surprise. Why would chaos be a surprise? Wow. <laughs> That's true. If what? if if this was a retelling of Kyoryuja, chaos would be here. So I I have no idea who to speculate on the two unknown characters being. What, why I did just they bring back the villain from the 
cross the King OJ crossover. I just realized how quotable what I was about to say was. What? Now you gotta say it. Chaos isn't a surprise. <laughs> All right. Uh, so sounds like the event will be ready. <laughs> of course, it's a fucking surprise. It's tricky chaos. Chaos. So it sounds like this uh, musical will be running from December twenty third to March third. I kind of hope someone uploads some footage of it. I'd be really curious to see this. Watch we get like bandit. We're gonna get like a an original ranger. Maybe. And we'll ne we'll never be able to see it because no one bothered to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Next, speaking of Kyoryuger, this was the far more important news, but they announced on Premium Bandai a DX Kyoryujin dark full action version, aka Black Gabutira. And the most important thing is that, as per the image posted in our chat, it is in fact compatible with the Shoe Gods, which means we can make King Kyoryujin Zero, I guess? Correct me if I'm wrong, but did they have an official like Black Kyojin when Kyojin was first airing, or am I remembering Dining Charge? Sorry, I I believe they like, did have an official Black Kyojin. Oh, I don't know. Black Kyojin, I think I can't remember if it's the Dine, whether it's like Kyojin or like just a Black Dino Charge from Megazord. Like, and Decker's saying they just released the T Rex. I could be remembering like, the wrong season, but wasn't there like an evil version of Kyoryujin that had a cape? Or am I thinking of a different season? That was when uh, Teridano was under her double. No, I, I remember that too, but I'm, I remember there was one Sentai season where there was a fake evil version of the main Megazord, but the only difference is it had a cape. And I can't remember if that was Kyoryujin or something else. Black Kyoryujin was a full mech in the movie. Was it Gokaiger? Is that the one I was thinking of? There was a fake Gokaio. I think you're right. Was, God, was it that was it that far back? Jesus. Oh God, I that unlocked <laughs> neuron activation. I forgot there was Brain Blast. I think forgot there was a fake. Go, like fake Okayo, I remember. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they did. It has an eye patch and a oh, my. Hand. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Because it was a pirate. Oh, we've done it. I don't even remember this more. Holy shit. Alright, anyways, back on topic. So yeah, we have a black Gabutira coming out. Uh and you can make you can make this black Kyoryujin, and you can combine it with the Shoe Gods to make King Kyoryujin Zero, I guess you'd call it. Okay, I know you're listening. You, you gave us okay, Kyoryujin, go. you gave us Definitely. the repaint, give me Spinodayo! Give, uh, give us the rest of the, the, the Kyoryu robots. Oh, it looks like this actually does come with the dark Dorikera and dark Stegochi, so you can make, you can, it does by itself make dark or black Kyoryujin, I guess. Yes, it does, I believe so. 
That's cool. Uh, let's see. Dark repaint of previously released DX Kyoryujin full action version. Uh, the original Kyoryujin dark version was originally sold via lottery sale years ago. Uh, features... Like lucky draw? I think it was like one of those like campaign items. Oh, okay. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. It, but, uh... Probably, like, you buy a certain amount and then you get the entry into the lottery and then... Yeah. Whoever wins the lottery gets it. Yeah. Or at least or gets to buy it. You have to you have to gotcha the ability to buy it. Yeah, that, that um, sounds good in Japan. Seven, I honestly don't know. I don't think you can. Um Well, it wouldn't be King Kyoryujin, but you probably could put the Hachi and Kamakiri legs on it, but then use the Stagochi and Drikara arms. Yes, you're just left with like the legs of. Yeah, you just keep the feet like set aside, because like the Gabutira feet become the hands on King Kyoryujin. I still think that's stupid. It is. It's absolutely stupid. But they got to do what they got to do. They got to make use of all the pe. It's it's. You got to make use of every piece of the animal. I I hate that. Yep. You literally just got 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 Tombo and got Pepper on chewed back. Yeah. So yes, uh, this features 15 points of articulation. Uh, we talked about King Richard Zero. Premium Bandai Web Exclusive, 13,200 yen, releasing in March next year. So 140-ish dollars. All right, moving on. In SH Figuarts... In SH Figuarts news, we got the announcement of Shinkocho Seho Kamen Rider Saga from Kiva. It is so pretty. I fucking love this suit so much. It's a stained glass piece of art. I actually do want to get it. Thing is, I'm going to be out of a job soon, so. Eh. Oof. My one problem with Saga is his belt and weapon are so fucking stupid. <laughs> I love everything else about the suit. Oh, just wait till they announce the CSM cigar. Oh, God. The weapon is fine. The the belt was so much wasted potential because it's like an alien snake thing. Yeah, it's like an alien UFO and you stick a recorder into it, which then becomes a lightsaber and also a whip that you hang people with. It's basically the revolve cane from Black RX, except it also has a Belmont mode. Yeah. Have you seen his which, oh which is he's killing vampires with it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so cool Kamen Rider Saga is a Belmont <laughs> Vegas you broke my brain you're welcome No way does not explain a single thing about him, and I fucking hate it. Why Why does he even exist as a writer? Not explain. Anyway, the figure's 145mm tall, comes with a Jakorder, Jakorder Rod, Jakorder Butte, Wake Up Fessel, Interchangeable Hands, and Tamashi Stage Joint Parts. Uh, the Jakorder Butte Whip does use a wire, allowing you to replicate some moves in the show. I did see that one image that, that like, the whip actually is, like, a wire. It's actually pretty cool. Oh Nagi, did you just ask why Saga exists? 
He's king of the Fangire. No, but he exists because Wataru has Kiva. No, that, that Kiva exists. Anyway. Yeah, and... Dark Kiva exists. Yep. He could easily have Dark Kiva, but no, you get to have a Saga was the stand-in for him not having Dark Kiva, and then I'm not gonna get into specifics, but you saw what he did at the end of the show. No, Kagi is not onto something. Where was Dark Kiva? Yeah, he just showed up all of a sudden. Be like, oh hey, you want to transform? Cool. They don't even explain like he died in the past and then We're not here to talk about Kiva's plot holes. That can be another time. Anyway, this uh Premium Bandai Web Exclusive Premium Bandai Web Exclusive eleven thousand yen. That's a lot. <laughs> well it, for the shit it comes with, that's not absolutely terrible. Uh and, the, and it releases in June. Five dollars. Yeah. But like with the custom wire thing with the custom wire thing it's got, it's kinda neat. Yeah, I know. I want it, but I'm poor. I want it, but I don't $125 want it. <laughs> I'd put it on my wish list. Alright, next. Oh, I definitely want it. N next, we have the announcement of the Kamarider O's CSM Core Metal Uva set. The fact that they are, they've done this and also the Ankh set makes me wonder if they're now going to just go and do all of the greed as individual sets. My god. Okay, I, mean, I have one question. Uh-huh. Why? Why not? Oh, it's so you can count the medals one, two, and three, and then a fourth one. I'm, isn't there already like a? Isn't there already a CSM uh, collection that has like all of the like at least a, one set of all the medals? The idea with this is it's supposed to be paired up with the purchase of the CSM O's driver complete set version tenth or the CSM O's driver version tenth. Because if you buy this and that, you now have all 10 of Uva's core medals. So that makes sense that probably given like, give it like maybe like the next couple of months, we'll get like a Kazari set, a Mazul set. And then a that's, set. that's exactly what I said earlier. I, yeah. I'm still, like, I know the whole point is to get the 10 medals, but yeah, really? Yes. O's is about greed. It's about greed and desire and coins. I mean, fair enough, you've got me there, but I'm not gonna spend a ton of money. <laughs> you want ten coins? You won't, but a bunch of Japanese people will. Oh and boy, how they will like. And their lives will not be fulfilled. <laughs> not until they get all of them. Uh, yeah, these work in the previously released CSMOs driver. They work with the CSM Tijanity Spinner, Premium Bandai Web Exclusive, 2750N, March 2024 release. For four metal, again, like we said with the Onk set, 2750N for four core metals, not terrible. But consider the fact that you have to have the CSMO driver. Yeah, it's about what you'd pay for any, like, rider gimmick toys individually by itself. You know what I mean? And, it, and you get the you practic you get the whole Gatakiriba set and an extra medal. CSMOs of or a PS5. <laughs> if you get a PS5, you can then buy the uh, Memory of Heroes game, and then you can play O's on your PS5. It's all connected. <laughs> so we did it. We've 
We've cracked the code. And that's code with three O's. Yep. Everyone goes cracking the codes. That's so stupid. <laughs> I love it. Next, for a figure art probably literally zero people asked for, I actually, I, okay, jokes aside, I want the one person in the world who asked for SH Figure Arts as to sound off in the comments because I would love to know if you exist. <laughs> when I saw this announced, my thought was, hey, Oz, continues all of my day. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, anyway, anyway. SH Figuarts as from Comrade Zero One, the evil long haired version of Izu. <laughs> I can't believe they did this. This is what we're spending our time, effort, and money on instead of Laser X or something yeah. else better. Okay, but here's the thing. Oh, wait a minute. So you can let the nerds be creepy to Laser X. <laughs> they lit they literally could have released just the separate head because they already have the Izu figure. Wait, they do? No, but you forget you forget Azu has like the weird punch. Uh the what? Did, oh, did you he gained a little weight where, during, like, during has a weird, like obviously bulging tummy because like <laughs> she gained she gained a bit of weight during the- during Did the they episode. actually change the figure to reflect that? No fucking way! No, wait, I think they did. did. They did, they did. They there, did. there is kind of a little thing in like the lower chest there, like the lower torso. A little bit. Is that- it? <laughs> You can see, like, look at the figure side. Someone pull up a fucking photo of the Izu figure for comparison, please! It's in the post, check the post. Hold on. Check the post I, one I where uh, he is holding the key. Oh my god, you're right! Oh my god, I see it! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I feel so bad for her! They actually made the fucking figure slightly fatter! <laughs> People made fun of her for this when the show was airing and now- She was bullied over fun. this! Oh my god! <laughs> SH Figure Arts! Why? <laughs> You're perpetuating bullying! That's amazing! And the, terrible! We get- We get the majesty of Saga to get this shit! That's so mean. I can't fucking believe it. You have to wonder if they told her about this. I would hope they said something! Imagine if they didn't, and they just said her <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Tell her anything, oh and then... I mean, she should... She should be getting some sort of residuals. They're using her likeness, so she must know about it. I'm just saying, like, imagine if they didn't tell her about this particular figure, and then she just walks by, like, a, a toy or an Akihabara, and sees that figure. Wow, anyways. Figure stands 135 millimeters tall. Comes with the Arc 1 progress key, extra faces, interchangeable hands. Oh, it do It comes with an alternate Izu head. <laughs> so you can turn it into Izu if you buy just this. 
Oh my god. So you don't have to buy you don't have to buy an Izu and Azu figure. <laughs> you can just buy Azu. Yeah, okay. You gotta buy the Izu one. Uh premium Bandai web exclusive eighty eight hundred yen releasing in May. Oh, that is unfortunate. Uh, I'm still not over it. Oh my god. Alright, well, we have to finish news. Our last news story, I don't know what the sweet motherfuck this is, but Tokolectibles has it up for pre-order, and it's Captain Tokaiger. What the fuck is this? I, I need to see this. TK Vinyl Series Captain Tokaiger. It's like some... It's like if they took Gokaiger and made a Kemi out of it. <laughs> oh, is this Tokolect... Oh, this is Tokolectibles making their own version of Gokai Red. Tokaiger, I see. Because they're 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 their uh freaking uh mascot has like a little Mega Man Buster in the in the gun. Uh-huh. Included will be a custom Ranger key designed to mimic any other key in the mobile rates and Gokai cellular. That's cool. Yeah, because oh. um because I know uh, the Tokolectibles had a had a Resoldier version and a Dawn Brothers version of their mask. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the little arm cannon it's got. That's cute. It's a little Mega Man Buster. Yeah. All right. Okay. That you know what? That that's cute. I I respect it. I I, I apologize if I I apologize if I sounded harsh earlier. That's actually super creative and adorable. It's a neat little thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you want to pre-order it off of Tokolectibles, it's coming out in November for $155. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. How about no? That took the wind out of my sails. To be fair, we've seen, uh, what was that? Funko Pops go for some Funko Pops over that much? Fuck Funko Pops! There, I said it! I mean, I fully agree, but... <laughs> you can't say that the assassins will be at your door any minute i welcome them <laughs> i welcome the them see show up dead and he's just surrounded by funko pops <laughs> just buried in a pile of funko pops all right anyways you want it cheap Anyway, I just love the idea of being described as a toku person. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say YouTuber, but like, I mean, content creator, podcaster. No, influencers give me far too much credit. No, to be fair, you are kind of an influencer. Just remember what waves remain in the toku community. I would like to not. We're 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 past that. We're past that. Probably that keeps going for the throat. Are you yeah. Okay? <laughs> I I work retail. What do you think? Okay, now I understand. Anyway, that's the news. All right, let's talk about Gotchard. So how do we solve the cliffhanger of falling out of the sky by turning into a bike whale? Dave's text bike whale. Oh, it's so awful. I hate these. If it worked in uh, 
if it worked in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, wait, it didn't. At least some of them are like CGI, like Mad Pirates was kind of cool. But this is just a fucking like and a gif of what someone's drawing of draw me a bike that looks like a whale. <laughs> oh my god. It's like a jumbo whale. And and then works. I, I would not put it past that the producer just gave it to us like five years. <laughs> it looks like something you turn into into a in a Yoshi game. Oh my god, that's what it looks like. That's what the actual suit's supposed Yoshi to look like. That's you know what? That's kind of not awful. It's a little thick, but I like it. No, I'm talking about the bike. Oh yeah, no, the bike. Look at it. It looks like a Yoshi form. <laughs> Kirby, no, you're not supposed to eat that. <laughs> and, and then even more, even more upsetting after, even more upsetting than what it is and what it looks like is what it did after landing. It opens up its front, front, and proceeds to suck the child into itself. Freezing. Okay, <laughs> <Please. laughs> she saves the child. Yes, let's go with that. Oh my god. Just pulled a wham on there. Everyone get inside. <laughs> and I and I love the tactical decision of all right, we've escaped from this monster. Where should we go to lay low? Exactly where we were when it attacked us. <laughs> Okay, but nobody accused Hotaro of being a strategist. <laughs> nobody accused him of being smart either. Hotaro's a ray of sunshine, but he's also really stupid. He's a ray of dumb shine. Got him. <laughs> then we get this brief little scene of Atropos talking to Rene, and I love. As much as I don't like the fact that we have a child as the main villain, I kind of respect her for both trying to be a threatening villain, but then also absolutely milking the fact that she's a child. Like, she's like, oh, your father might be alive. Would you like to find out about him? And then the second she gets aggressive, Rina gets aggressive. Don't bully me! <laughs> Here's the thing, though. It's a bit. It's kind of upsetting this episode because this episode highlights the problem I had with both our leads. I think first thing, Apropos's actor being fucking nine. I explained the remix actor, and I hate that. Oh yeah. I have to bring it up, but it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's so. F I'm just like looking through my notes here. So like it's so clear that the father is the 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 monster but they they dangle the mystery over our heads for the first half of the episode like literally everyone is not able to guess it. And, this is for children. And I and I love that like instead of like taking him home the father decides to just confront his son in the middle of the street. Cuz that's proper parenting. Okay. I I have seen parents do that, so to me that's probably believable. All right. Unfortunate, sadly enough. I get Japanese parents are strict, but it's a little ridiculous to me. 
He basically shows up and goes, I kidnapped your cactus! Get back to studying! <laughs> um, there's this one scene where Riku is talking to Hotaro, and he's talking about Sabo, like Sabosuke as they call him, and there's this one line where he's like, he's weak and he gets scared easily, and my brain went, no, not Sabosuke, I met my dad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you know how the Ultra Brain brought, uh, got me? Because when you said Riku, I really thought he was in this episode. Even I realized that people are probably going to be comparing this small boy to the character from Ultraman because Riku, same name. Meanwhile, my brain was thinking of Riku from Kingdom Hearts. So There are two kinds of people in this world. <laughs> people are defined by which Riku they know. Either Good Boy or Edgelord. <laughs> so they pull out they pull out Smuff sorry go ahead. I was just gonna say to be fair to Riku he did like calm down like around Kingdom Hearts 2 okay I wasn't sure which Riku we were talking about <laughs> no I was saying that, <laughs> I was saying that Kingdom Hearts Riku was an edgelord the Riku in, in Ultraman is just precious boy need to be protected all right. I think I've been ruined on precious boys that need to be protected ever since Kijino. Anytime there is now, from now on, there's a precious boy who needs to be protected, my brain is going to be wondering if he's secretly going to go psychotic later. Thanks, Don Brothers. You've ruined my life. But Viku, Viku and G genuinely he literally beats the biggest villain of the franchise with power of love literally <laughs> all right and, and hey this Riku has the power of cactus yeah um so they pull out the smartphone kemi and i guess we're just going to be using this pokemon's gimmick as on an ongoing basis going forward and they 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 track is one of sabosuke's needles and I love them, the map that they've got on the phone of like the several different points. And I'm like, oh, cool. So now we're playing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> These are all the different side missions in the city. But honestly, I think smart, smartphone accomplishes an honestly redundant task because the Kemi Riser does the same thing. Well, the Kemi Riser lets them capture and use Kemi cards for those who don't have a driver. So I think it, it does have some use separately from smartphone. No, smartphone can also track Kemi's. Yeah. But the problem is there's only one smartphone. Yeah. But why? why I'm, I'm, my question is why does smartphone have to. So, why is smartphone so in it function when Hotaru has a fucking Kemi Riser? We need to sell the toy. That's exactly it. We need to sell the toy. <laughs> we, we have Rene and everyone else to sell the Kami Risers. Hotaro has to sell smartphone. Yeah. So, so they find Sabosuke and he's been cracked for some reason. And, and I love that we get this scene of Riku hugging the cactus going, I, I want us to be together forever. Meanwhile, me, knowing the way this, this show is going, goes, I have some bad news for you. By the end of this episode, Sabosuke is going to be a card in my wrist and we'll never see it again. Just like Wrestler G. Hey, 
will Wilton die because he's never gonna see the light of su- the sun up? Yeah, we'll use day again. We'll use Needlehawk maybe one or two more times. Maybe it'll show up in the movie, but other than that, Sabo Needle has a very lonely and isolated life ahead of it. <laughs> no, it won't have an isolated life because it's gonna be in the same forgotten pile as wrestling g it's going to be it's going to be have its face smashed up against hawkstar in this wrist thing you know fucking hopper one have you seen hopper one lately nope we haven't seen hopper one in a, probably a couple weeks i think yeah you know hopper one got forgotten yeah poor guy decker says he put it in the pokemon pc no 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 when they went to the academy they scanned the cards just so it shows up on their big pokedex screen <laughs> yeah I'm super curious to see if this goes anywhere but I took particular note of the fact that Spanner was actually impressed by Sabi Maru in this episode I'm wondering if that is going to develop into anything and of course you ship it and if, I don't I wouldn't say ship it's more like a it's like a I respect your capabilities thing I, I think you're going to break him out of the shell first, Spanner or Otaro. I don't know, but I, I just a weird like layer through Spanner's character though. He's not just a prick for being a prick. I'm tr- I'm trying to see under Spanner's edge lord bullcrap, but it doesn't help when literally every time he's on screen, he has his goddamn fucking catchphrase. What I and I do with the, I'm li- already sick of it. Thank you. Know you. You know what Spanner is? He's Walmart's Kaito from Early Guy. <laughs> uh, no, great value, Kaito. Great value, Kaito. You said Kaito, and for a sec, I defaulted to the Zenkaiger one. Nope, banana Kaito. <laughs> no, banana. We're talking about the banana. Great value, Baron. <laughs> He does have the same kind of he does have the same kind of energy, I'll say. Except he's Spanner's not as personally ambitious as Kaito was. Kaito was always about no, I need to take over. And Spanner's like, I'm just here to do the job and leave. <laughs> oh my god, I just I just had a bit of easy. Hmm? He's barren with privilege. <laughs> oh god. He's barren if he didn't drop out of high school. <laughs> Because, like, Baron absolutely has I dropped out of high school to do this energy. Um, and then, of course, as Sabimaru is getting complimented by Senpai, Renge, the opportunistic little worm, tries to piggyback on the compliment. I- I'm-, I'm of two minds on Renge. I... I- I, I enjoy Renge being the way she is on one hand, but it also is getting annoying. We, we really need Renge to get her spotlight episode. Yeah. I, I feel like her and Sabimaru will have like a, an episode arc of their own where they'll, they'll develop into more interesting characters, hopefully. Because like, like, right now, between the two of them, I see most going into Sabimaru. Yeah. Sabimaru deserves to have some sort of development happen. Uh, I would go as far as say Sabimaru deserves to be a writer. That would be interesting. 
and he could put Isaac as like the AI of his belt or whatever he uses. Oh my god, he's cool. He's gonna be drawing. Yes. Common Rider Isaac. I could see it. Um I mean plus there was that rumored Academy driver, so possibly oh. oh yeah, maybe. I we have talked previously about how they understand the concept of a common rider, and it sounds like it was a thing before the Gotrick driver showed up. Yeah. Um, I watched the dude transform into the great Tonbo Malgam, where he puts his arms behind his head, and that's kind of cool. But I think we had a missed opportunity, because it looks like he's got a pompadour on his, on his head. So I think the way the arms should have been posed is as if they were, like, combing the hair with the hands. <laughs> like, 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 let's face it. This is another mon This is another writer, Tom Belozier. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that last week. Oh. How it was so we had we have a dragonfly with a blonde pompadour. Oh, look, it's Yanma. No, I don't do Yanma like that. That's rude. Oh, Decker has a good point. If they did what I suggested, he wouldn't be able to move his head a lot. All right, I'll give it up. But uh, yeah, so great Tombo shows up. And it's like, you need to snap out of it. No, you need to snap out of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then Sabosuke uses needle spray. That's a Digimon reference. Yep. Um, twice in this episode, they return Sabo to the card. And I'm just like, Sabosuke, return. Woo! Like a Pokeball. Okay, but this suggests one thing though. The Kemis can literally just jump out of like the cards whenever the hell they want. So honestly, them capturing the Kemis is kind of pointless. That is true. The Kemis can just say fuck you some out. Yeah. They're not gonna drop that later on. I mean, we've seen Hopper One just hanging out outside his cart multiple times. Yeah, but Hopper One has Pikachu syndrome where it it just can't be contained and no one wants it to be hopper one and by extent steam are special cases yeah um they they prefer to to walk outside of their pokeball slash card prison yeah because they have claustrophobia so i love that we make a big deal out of we make a big deal out of uh sabo needle uh being a thing and then he captures it back into the card and then goes steam hopper because all right, sure. Got to use the base form. Um, and then Lachesis, Lachesis shows up and we see her with the happy clover Mulgum, uh, or with the card. And then she goes into the Mulgum form and Valvarad shows up to fight her out of fucking nowhere. Although there's one line he says to her during that fight that I'm curious about. He asks them why they have chemi cards, which is a good question that nobody answered. Does that mean the three um, the three sisters have risers? She opened a pack. <laughs> she cracked a pack. I mean, I mean, there is a picture of like the 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 the, the child of, of of the three, like opening up packs of uh, Gotchard cards. <laughs> That's funny, but it's a, it's an actual question because like the technology of putting the chemis into cards seems to be a technology that belongs to the Alchemist Academy. So how the fuck do the three sisters have any chemi cards? You know my theory. theory. Yep, go ahead. Oh, we both have a theory. 
You go ahead, Kaguya. Yeah, my my theory is that both of them, like the uh whatever the the, the evil sisters, they're the ones who came up with the alchemy that the alchemist academy is using because we see both uh Atropos, little girl, evil little girl, and uh Minato do the like mind manipulation stuff this week and they have the exact same like flash red flash effect oh so you think that they're like maybe they're fallen corrupted alchemists or they they in they came up with the alchemy techniques that the alchemist academy then started using to oppose them because they weren't cool with what you know the evil sisters are trying to do that's also possible like they started the whole thing yes which ties into Ryder's whole theme of like you know using the evil powers for good. Oh, that's true. Always hide that too. That is true. I I do like the idea. Sorry, go ahead. And, and there's my theory where initially I thought, what if they had either a kidnapped alchemist or a machine? But I was thinking, what if the sisters are like the first students of the dad? No, I think they was longer than that. I feel like if they had a pre-existing relationship, we would have been hinted at it more in their interactions in episode one before they melted him. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I do like the idea of the three sisters being former Alchemy Academy people. Whether they were students or teachers or, or whatever, the fact that they were at the Alchemy Academy, well, not the fact, the theory that they were at the Alch- Alchemy Academy, and that's why they have the ability to use the chemi cards. I like that idea. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we, we've seen Gotchart capture cards without the visor. He just puts the card in front of him. And- yeah, he just pulls out a blank card and they just fly into it. Maybe that's just a high rank Alchemy technique. What if they founded the Academy? That's what I'm saying. They came up with like everything. If, the if they were the founding members of the Academy, I feel like the show would have absolutely told us about that because like if the Academy is a thing, not they You know what I mean? Necessarily. Maybe it's like a we're maybe it's because like the if it is that they are the founders of the Academy because their names make them pretty important. Maybe since they left the Academy and turned to darkness, the Academy chose to like scrub them from the history. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, perhaps, via mem- mind wiping, like they do. Yes. But, yeah. That could be a thing. Very possible. Explain, like, why they're able to do alchemy just as well, if not better, than like the 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 academy's like top alchemists. Yeah. Because we see them pull things that look exactly like the kind of alchemy that. Rene and Spanner do, so I would not be surprised if it turns out that they were in the inventors of alchemy. Yeah, very possible. Someone will have to look deeper into the or like the actual etymology of their names because they're they have like those are names that pre-exist in other things. So maybe we can get a hint well, of, about them from what their names are. I, I just let me look it up because I know they're they're named after the Greek fates. Okay. So, uh, the three fates are personifications of destiny. Okay. Yes. So they are important. I just don't know. We just don't know in what 
way they're connected to everyone else yet. But these are all very good theories. Uh, so yeah, we got the debut of Dokiri Shovel Form. I like the hat. I hate the claws. Uh, the shoulders are a fucking palette swap of Venom Mariner. Mariner, fucking whatever. And it got no stock engine sequence. I mean, to be fair, he was tied up on the ground. Excuses. Funny if they, if they, if he did have a sock engine sequence, but the the stuff was still wrapped around his legs so he couldn't move. I would have accepted that. Why the bu why the bubble powers? Because Dokiri Majin is like an elude, like a magician. I have I have that written down on my notes. Bubble shovel. Bubbles. Fucking bubbles. Also, I like the little detail of like Hotaru getting the name of Great Tombo wrong. He thinks it's Great Great Tombo. Yeah. So everyone was like, "The fuck is he talking about?" And then when he captures it, he's like, "Oh!" <laughs> it's a great Tombo. Where's Blossom and Buttercup? <laughs> uh, I think you're forgetting the. You forgot the best Powerpuff Girl Bunny. Oh, was it? Wait, that was a purple one. Yeah, yep. You're welcome for that memory. Itchy Y! <laughs> Itchy, I hope you never get stock tension sequences again. Wow. This, this episode is just the, the one way Itchy gets roasted. Here I am contributing to this episode's theme of awakening core memories, and you just come at me like that. You you awaken childhood trauma and I come swinging. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we do get to see. Wild was cool. Needlehawk. Okay. Most of the wild forms I fucking hate, but Needlehawk Wild was actually awesome. The fucking dive bomb attack was awesome. The um. What uh, one cool thing I noticed is that um. For, for while he's fighting, he's using uh, the 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 Gacha Tornado. Yeah. And the box packaging for that bolt has Needlehawk on it. Nice. But yeah, so we get to see Needlehawk Fever, and I fucking love every part of this attack. For once, he flies up way super high in the sky, which is great that they're outdoors for this fight because they'll never use this attack properly if they're indoors or in a cave or whatever the fuck. He splits into like all of the armor pieces, which just like fall like shrapnel out of the sky, which is awesome by itself. He turns into the bird and can, like, does the whole dive bomb thing and then finally turns back into the rider form to deliver the rider kick proper. Every part of that Hisatsu was awesome. And normally I don't like these where it like turns back and forth between its forms, but I think this one was pulled off pretty nicely. I still appreciate how they are consistent with the fact that the Hotaru literally vaporizes when he transitions from between forms. Yeah, it's like a chemical reaction. Yeah. Or Thanos. It, did anyone else get reminders of uh, the prominence drop from O's? I didn't think of that, but that is slightly relevant. 
I think it would have been cool if, like, as he was delivering the, the actual rider kick part, if, like, a bunch of needles appeared on his feet, then it would have really seemed like prominence drop because of the talons thing. It it should have had a giant holographic talon with needles on it, like, for the as the talons. That would have been so much cooler. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, Great Tombo's defeated. And suddenly, as a result of getting his absolute shit kicked, the dad suddenly changes his mind and feels bad about what he's done to his son. Because that's what defeating monsters do does to a person. Remember, kids, if if you're, you know what? No, I'm not gonna continue. Just <laughs> <laughs> line of thought. That's no, no, thank you. If you and your dad are having a disagreement, just <laughs> Just have him turn into a monster and get beaten up by a superhero. That's much better. So yeah, when in doubt, punch it. Yeah. When in doubt, get the nukes out. And speaking of gotcha, Sub Sabo Needle rolls that three percent flower bloom proc. <laughs> what? There's a small chance that Sabo Needle will blossom a flower, and I'm like, okay, cool. Why? <laughs> I love Red Hood in, in, in the in the in the chat. Remember, kids, when your dad is being an asshole, he's probably possessed by an insect. Yep. No, I know that cacti can sometimes bloom flowers. It just seems like a weird thing they'd even bother with in this show. Well, it's their plants. It's it's that the main reason I I take issue with it is not even because of what it what it happens at that point, but like. So they hand Riku hands over Sabusuke back to the alchemists, which is great because earlier in the episode he's like, "I want to be together forever," and we all knew that was never going to happen. <laughs> so Riku hands over Sabusuke so they can bring him back to the the other chemis, and Minato promptly goes, "Good job, Hotaro. You have been deducted an entire letter grade." <laughs> <laughs> And and me- and memories wiped. Bye, everyone. Like the, the only reason they had the flower was for Riku to have some kind of unknown memento of his friendship with Sabo Needle. And then they erased his memories of Sabo Needle, which means this child is going to five minutes later look down at his lapel, wonder why the fuck a flower is there, and destroy it. I think what's going to happen is that he will remember he had a friend and that friend gave him this flower, but he can't remember who that friend is. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you have like some childhood friends that you lost contact with and you don't remember them. Last signed into Xbox 360 Live 580 days ago. Exactly. Speaking of unearthing trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I can fight too. Moving right along, can, can we talk about guard Leonard here? Like the gloves come off. I just hey, oh god, who's so? I we're not we're not done yet. I just we're love that like the the kid and the dad have their memories wiped of anything related to the chemis, and for some reason the child's immediate reaction is. Hey, let's play that game of Kick the Cat we talked about last episode. Why are we doing this? I don't remember, but we're going to do it anyway. Can we talk real quick about like the, 
issue we both had with this episode. Are you talking about Hotaro's eyes? Yes. Yeah, so right at the end of this episode, as Hotaro is looking at the card that he's captured, for some fucking reason, the actor just has this intense stare in his eyes, like, wide open as fuck as he's looking at it. I'm like, who directed this scene? Also, when he was lecturing the dad on how, you know, he shouldn't be a dick. Mm-hmm. He was delivering the line, his eyes were just, like, wide open and almost bugging out. I was like, holy shit, man, we need to figure out how to emote with your eyes. Like, what is this? <laughs> he, he, did that to, he did that to display dominance. <laughs> no. It you almost... Know, it's either that or he would T-pose for dominance. God, choose one. It almost has the energy of, we've shot this scene 20 times, just let me go home! <laughs> I just have to say the line and take my check and leave! <laughs> it, it, does, it has, has that energy, it's really weird. So anyway, next week's episode is the the thing that all high school anime do, the trip to Kyoto! And also the obligatory movie village trip, because Tony yep. needs to milk that property all day. Yep. Oh look! This <laughs> four is in the exact same spot. <laughs> oh, and uh, I guess the potential romance plot for uh, Kajiki? Oh boy, because that's what we're here for. You mean not Tamaki? Yeah. Yeah, not Tamaki. Yeah. So yeah, uh, interesting episode of Gotchard. My favorite one is still the one with Boruto, but we'll see if the show picks back up. Oh yeah, and speaking of our Ultraman people being here, apparently that girl that he talks to in the next episode was Saki from Ultraman Rube. I mentioned this somewhere else. Uh, um, Grigio. The monster Grigio. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought it was Neon. Oh, she does kind of look like her a little bit. Understandable. Anyway, do the thing. Okay, but so... I'm so sad Lane is not here for this week's episode. I'm so sad. Ichi, I don't know if you heard any of what we said before we went while you were fixing your mic. No. All right. Gira is Dante. Raculis is Virgil. No, I, really, I, I have I have no experience with the DMC games. I've only played Bayonetta. I I have. I have a meme that I can, I can send. Okay. That summarizes exactly what we said. Give me a minute to find it. Oh yeah, while we were doing that, so we open on uh, Caucasus flying back to King Oder's GQ, and we get this fucking rad scene where the where Dogdead's Shugod swarm is attacking them, and we get basically a space dogfight. Something I didn't think I was going to see in King Oder. Um, but yeah, Rita just takes the control stick and just ungeats them back towards the planet. It's just 
and like as they're careening down, when you see all of them just flying around, Rita is just standing perfectly straight, like it's just nothing new to her. Yeah, I know, they all get like pinballed the fuck around. It was so great. Um, and I will say, like, despite the fact that they were coming in real fucking hot, the way the castle like transformed and landed perfectly was hilariously amazing. Like perfect ten out of ten landing. Yep. <laughs> Okay, uh, I found a meme, I found a meme. Here we go. Okay. Rackley's wearing blue and gear is red. Oh, oh, okay. I understand a little bit. We were joking about Lane making a Rackley fan cam. Oh, the problem is Lane would have to learn how to edit, and he's not going to do that. I have tried to teach him. This is not even this is, this is not even a jo joke or a burn. He'll fully admit I've tried to teach him and he will not learn. Okay, do we just want to get into the time length of how long they were gone? Yeah, time dilation's a bitch in it, like we talked about before. So apparently, in the process of traveling back from Kyoryuger Earth to King Ojuchiku. Uh, that apparently was a time span of six months where it felt like a week to them. Uh, apologies, headphone users. <clears throat> six oh. fucking months! I... Why... What is it with this post-time skip saga and repeating its own fucking plot arcs? First we repeated the arc where they were making themselves criminal, and now we're repeating the fact that we've time-skipped! We have our second time skip, technically. But honestly, I think this is just realism because, like, if you're gonna hyperspace, like, I mean, Yanma flat out says it. It's it's facts. It's the yeah. theory of relativity. Yeah. So I'm not a scientist. I can't argue with it. I'm not too upset by it. No, I, I, realistically, I'm not. It's just narratively, from like an outer universe writing level standpoint, we're really having a second time skip. Yeah, that's why I'm annoyed with it is that, okay, I get it, I get like science-wise, I get it, but like narrative-wise, I'm like, really? Another time jump? That's, yeah, that's exactly what I said. So, we come back, everyone lands in Shugadam, it's six months later, and the people of Shugadam have grown fat with luxury, apparently. Goroge is straight up bigger, all of the people of Shugadam have, are wearing jewelry stolen from Ishibana, They've got prototype Enko Soap of video games. They've got snacks taken from Tofu. I don't know what they took from Gokan. They didn't mention anything. But uh, apparently, in these six months, all of the kingdoms were taken over, and Shugo Kamen, we'll get into who he is and, and all that later, but Shugo Kamen was installed as the replacement king of Shugadam, and all of the luxuries of the other countries were siphoned out of them and given to the people of Shugadam so that they would grow fat with luxury and love Dagdead and Shugokamen and hate and everyone would hate all of the previous kings. That's kind of a lot for six months, but I also remember how stupid the people of Shugadam have been in previous instances, so it's really not that unbelievable. The people of Shugodam are not the brightest bulbs in the bunch. <laughs> It's not just that you gotta <clears throat> you gotta think about this. Like historically, this has happened where like access to excessive luxuries make 
full ass country's going to collapse. Yeah. Recording his feet several times. So this is just them making it in the context of sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. They they talk about how it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Imagine if in present day you started like giving everyone iPhone 15s and shit for free. We would last way. We wouldn't last six months. <laughs> I just yeah, th- it says a lot that later on when they go like the orphanage because um I forgot the girl's name but Koga- Kogane the only one happy to see Gira Kogane yeah because she's a character and not a caricature yeah like like they go to the orphanage and like he he says oh hey Boone I'm back I'm like okay cool whatever like he doesn't pay him no money I'm like damn. Okay. I'm so sad that Boone is still has devolved into one of the the, the sheeple. The, Boone was such a good character to be around Gira and was in, and was supporting Gira so effectively in previous episodes, and to see him fall prey to Doug Dead's trickery like this. You got the pilot god ant. You 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 ungrateful little snot. <laughs> but no, give him a prototype virtual fighter clone and you're fucking swaying for the bad guys. Okay, but to be fair, if you gave any child his age, uh, like the latest video game and all the hardware for it, he's not going to give a shit about even who the hell birthed him. <laughs> True. He doesn't care who's king as long as he's got V-Bucks. <laughs> 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 how can you play the new map? How can any kid that's on like what's that uh what's that what's that not Minecraft? Shit Roblox, right. <laughs> no, I just imagine Boone is playing Fortnite and he's on the Kinoja map. You know what? If if they if they had actually shown one of the kids playing Fortnite, that would have been fucking hilarious considering there are King Oger maps in actual Fortnite. Now that is cross promotion. Also, what what video game were was Boone playing? It, it was like some AR Street Fighter. Yeah, it was some sort of fighting game. I don't know. Yanma says it was like still in development. So who the fuck knows? I'm surprised they didn't promote like the new Street Fighter or something. Street Fighter on on Chiku. Chiku. <laughs> Chiku Fighter. Chiku Fighter. Um, but yeah, so I, it's so funny that like these people are such, so manipulatable, manipulable, whatever the word is, literally the, the, the evil alien who six to seven months ago showed up for the first time and nuked half of their town just because they gave them some snacks and video games and jewelry. They're like, yeah, no, we love you now. Okay, no. What I think what that's just a portion of it. What Doug did did was conflate the uh the issue of causation, where he's like, I'm not attacking you, but hey, look, why am I not attacking you? It's because your kings are gone. Therefore, your kings were the problem. This this is just manipulating how people like make false causations in your head. I was only bad because they were here. Yes. Yes, exactly what it was. Oh, there was someone posted, Decker posted images of the green screen fighters. <laughs> cool. Yeah, 
cool. Oh my god, it's just Street Fighter. <laughs> it's Guile and Ryu. Guile with a beret and bald Ryu. <laughs> it's Street Fighter 12. <laughs> I, I <didn't... laughs> Street Oger. Street Oger. I do want to make it clear I'm not defending the Shugodam people because they are fucking idiots. Yeah. I'm saying that there's a lot more realism going on than we realize. No, I understand. It's it's a commentary on human nature. Without Raculies or Gira to lead them, I feel like Shugodam will just like crumble into pieces. I feel like the I feel like the people of this kingdom are like infants with knives. <laughs> I would say, I would say, giving them knives is giving them too much credit. No, like they have open access to knives. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. I expected there to be more to that comparison. Um, but yeah, tell them to look up all it's They can drown themselves. So the kings walk out of the castle and are confronted by Dogdead and the newly manipulated people, and uh, Dogdead tells them. Whoever hunts and kills the former kings gets to be nobility. You get to live with the new king and do whatever you want. Oh my god. Yeah. And my favorite bit about that whole scene. So Yanma's like, I'll fucking beat up people. I don't give a fuck. It's not my country. Kagaragi hoists him over his shoulder and bails. Gira and Himeno run in a different direction. And the people chase the four of them leaving Rita and Jeremy completely fucking ignored. Oh, that part. <laughs> Jeremy just turns over to Rita and goes, uh-huh. And like, th- then we cut to their groups. Like, we have Gira trying to calm Himeno down from, okay, no, you can't go after them, we'll get caught. And like, I don't care. That is Ishabana property. It's like, Himeno, no. And he presents the run up anyway. Himeno, yes! And then we cut... <laughs> then we cut the Kagaragi and Yanma hiding behind a pillar. A very, very thin, that? tiny pillar that somehow fools them because they're idiots. And then some asshole mentioned Suzume, and we immediately shift to Kagaragi. Yes. That <laughs> that lifts this one guard with one arm and said. Where is my sister? And I love that the answer implies that the second everyone bailed away from the castle, Suzume and and Shugo Kamen snuck in the back door fucking something. So they were just hiding around the corner waiting for the King Ogres to leave. <laughs> and then after we have these moments, we cut to the Shugadam people trying to now hunt down Jeremy and Rita. Yeah, it's like later they finally decide, oh, now you want to hunt Reed and Jeremy. <laughs> and then, making things even more fucking confusing, the Bagarak show up! And it's a reskin of Baijimu, he's now called Kin Baijimu, who wants to cash in on the hunt for the kings. Is he a merchant now? And like, Goroge is like, oh no, monsters, you caused this. And I'm like, did you guys forget who the Bugnarok were? And then... I thought we were at peace. Babies with knives. And I told you this off before we recorded. So when I watched this episode in the morning, I watched it. 
I yelled the six months thing, but when I was watching this episode, I literally yelled at Garoge, shut the fuck up! And another thing I want to bring up related to the Bogarok, they have that scene where they talk about, like, oh, each of the, the galactic jesters has taken over one of the five kingdoms. Did they forget that Bugnarok was... Did, did, did they forget that Bugnarok was accepted as the sixth country? A. And B, where the fuck is Minongan, the bagware motherfucker? I mean, I... If you really want to theorycraft for this episode, and let's face it, this is Cast Ranger, so that's what we do, technically you could say that B answers A, in that Minongan is probably sitting on the throne of the Bugnarok kingdom. But they just don't say it or show it or anything. The show is completely the Bugnarok kingdom like twice. The show has completely forgotten that Bugnarok was accepted as the sixth kingdom. First thing, Bugnarok would technically wipe out to an extent, so their kingdom is completely collapsed. But they did kill a lot of mooks when they showed up. Minangon probably isn't smart enough to rule, and that's why Dead was like, actually, you know what? You can have the trash kingdom. But, uh, and also, speaking of the fact that the, the Uchu are now ruling over the siphoned out and emptied out kingdoms aside from Shugadem, is anyone except, is anyone aside from me really upset by the fact that they're not matched up to each kingdom that the way they were when they first showed up? That's like, it's been a big thing of debate lately. Has it? I'm surprised. I shouldn't care as much as I do. Because, like, Gorma, when he first showed up, attacked Enkosopa, but now he's ruling over Gokan for some reason. I have I have a comment on that. I was upset when I first learned about it, but as I watched the episode, something about it made perfect sense. So, the whole point here is that they're exploiting the other kingdoms to cipher their resources to Shugodam. Uh-huh. Which is why you give the most ill-fitted ruler for each country except Shugodam. To just fuck it up as royally as they possibly can. Sure. That's why. Oh, so it's a more intentional placement then. Correct. Whereas before they were attacked, they were invading to destroy. Now they're invading to conquer. So they re and they made different tactical decisions regarding who went where. Yes, and also to rule poorly. You yeah. Basically, but that uh, Douglas Dung Beetle chose the worst people to rule each country except Shugodam, specifically because they need the other kingdoms to be very, very poorly. Yeah, there are literally, in, in every country except Shugodam, there are people dead in the streets and all of their resources have been siphoned into Shugodam so that they can live peacefully and in gross success. Right. Yeah. Isn't this basically what Rackley's wanted in the first place? I was going to say that later, but yes, this is exactly what Rackley's wanted. All of the other countries are vassal states to Shigatum. Because, should we just get into it now? So yeah, Shugo Kamen is Rackley's, quote-unquote, back from the dead! Surprising absolutely no one. Now, we've talked about this briefly before, but we don't explicitly know yet if what like the nature of him being back my first guess is that he was revived by grody's power because they would absolutely try and pull this on us a third time they did it with karis they did it with uh nephila 
Rackley's is the, the Rackley's is the hat trick. Here's here's the thing though. Uh they have established that when Grody revives the dead they operate on pure instinct. Yes. And so what Rackley's instinct is to conquer the world. That's all he ever yes. wanted. Not exactly how that works. <laughs> but do you would you really put it past the show to do that? No, but here's the thing. Like, Reculis has a whole ass conversation with Gira. Unlike in previous revivals where they could just maybe say a sentence based on their like lingering uh, hold on mortality. I understand that. And I won't completely discredit it. It, it. But then the question becomes... Was Rackley's alive the whole time? And if so, what was he doing for all these years? I think I have an answer to this. Oh, yeah? So he fell off the same cliff that Gira did. Yes, which he did survive, which Gira survived, so it's possible that Rackley's could have also survived. But then to go completely undetected for that entire time skip? Both time skips? I have an answer for that. Uh huh. He wanted to get the fuck away from Kaguragi's sister. <laughs> Speaking of, like, I I guess we can say that like Suzume either does actually love Rackley's, or maybe this is another ploy. Cause like when we first met Suzume, there was that scene where like she pulled out the sword and we were like, oh no, she's secretly plotting to assassinate him. But then there was that scene where the ring activated the castle spaceship and she was completely by herself like, oh, it's a present from Rackley-sama! So I'm like, does Suzume actually love Rackley's? What is going on? Little A, no. little B. Okay, okay. here's what I think. Maybe the time skip wasn't completely like the six months wasn't completely while they were traveling. It could be that there was a good period while they were off at Curious the Curious Earth, where uh how do I say it? Where Dumbbell's already taken over and this is Suzume keeping up the act. Which would explain why she was alone and controlling that castle. I don't know. My my whole my whole question from the previous episode of how the fuck did Suzume have access to the Crown Lands went completely unanswered, but whatever. Yeah, no, but I do think that Rakuris maybe like Diggy Dong Beetle just like brought brought him into stasis in his like little room of wonders. Oh, you're saying that maybe after he fell, that Dog Dead like took Rackley's out of the planet and kept him, and then just deployed him when during the second time skip. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That could be a thing. That wouldn't make more sense than him living in a cave in fear of Susan Because it would explain it would why be he's been gone either. for so long until now. Yes. Um, when I when he first shows up with his new blue uniform. I asked, like, why is he suddenly wearing blue? I, the, the default answer that I come to is Dagdead also wears blue. I don't know if anyone has a better idea. It's the contrast Gira's red. 
I joked about it before, but Dante and Virgil do this as well. Whereas where Dante is the hot headed, loud mouth party dude uh wearing red. I don't know if I call Gear a party dude, but I I get it. Well I'm not com- I'm not comparing them, I'm just saying that's what Dante is. Mm-hmm. Virgil is the calm, collected, cool as ice, will stab a motherfucker for no reason uh, type of person, and hence wears blue. I think because their personalities like like contrast or like contradict each other or something. So I think that's what they're trying to evoke. Sure, but if that if that was going to be a thing, they would have done that the entire show instead of specifically now. Uh, you know, exactly, because now the because... positions are the same. They're both king, but kings now. But um, Gira is a like rebel. Yeah, I don't know. Achilles was still king, so he. Yeah. Why would he wear blue? That's not his kingdom's color. No, I know, and that that is the answer to that question specifically. But like, if if the point was to use their color palettes to contrast their personalities, why is that a thing now? Anyway, because they only thought about it now. Impossible. I don't know. It's not worth dwelling over. <laughs> but the more important thing I want to talk about more is the mask that he's wearing when he first shows up in the throne room. It is a very cool mask. I love the usage of the Uchu emblem on it. And uh, when he first shows up and is walking down the stairs, there's this like breather effect on him, which I think might be some sort of hint. Like if the idea that he did fall took success, extensive physical damage and perhaps Doug did like repaired his body. And maybe that breather in the mask is part of it, which means that Rackley's is fucking Darth Vader. Why Why is there a breather in the mask if there's no mouthpiece? Maybe it's some sort of, like, internal thing. Because, like, even though, his, even though his mouth is not covered, when he talks with the mask on, there's a filter over his mouth. So the mask is doing something to inside his head. Because, well, they like this. Well, if, yeah, Gareth thought this would survive, but what if Rackley fell down and he was found in critical condition? That's what I'm thinking. Reckley's fell took way more damage than Gira did, and Doug did had to like do some magical space surgery on him. Yeah, because Gira used uh, the Founder's glory when he beat the shit out of his older brother. Yeah, so he like took more damage from that fall. Another theory. Another theory. This is Reckley's gambit. We, we've had hints that Reckles has been, like, secretly trying to be a good guy without getting detected by Delta. Like, when he purpose- I accidentally slash purposely missed Kira's vitals in the fight. Mm-hmm. What, if this is his- what if this is him trying to, like... He's going to, he's going to double-cross him eventually? Yes. Uh, uh... Do that regardless? I don't know. I don't know, cause like, look at his situation. He's king of the planet. He got everything he ever wanted. I don't know if I don't know if I see a double cross in the future. No, I do believe 
I, I'm of the theory that Regulus wanted to consolidate the planet because he believes that only by consolidating all the resources of Chiku together will they be able to resist a diggity dumbbell digger, whatever. That sounds nice in that sounds nice in theory, but keep in mind that what we are consolidating is jewelry, snacks, and video games. I don't think we can count that as uniting the people and military might of GQ. That is fair. Um, I think I'm thinking more like when he originally started the whole like everyone is. He might have had a more noble reason for doing it earlier. That's. I think we talked about that right before Rackley's was ousted, where when we first got the reveal of Dog Dead, I think we talked we briefly about it before, and then after again, once Dog Dead's existence was revealed, that our theory for why Rackley's wanted to unite Chiku was that so they could fight back against Dog Dead potentially, but he was just not at liberty to discuss it because they were watching him. Yep. Um, but right now, it could be like some bitterness against Gira. That's true. Rackley's right now has the energy of an overzealous Sims player. You know what I mean? I mean that. Why do I not? No, that that's not, that's not Rackley's. That's that's just diggity the whole time. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Was there anything else about Rackley's I wanted to talk about? Uh, he got a sick haircut. <laughs> For some reason. You can finally see the two red marks on the side of his head. Like Yes, has. he has the same marks as Gira. I had to, I had to recheck a photo of Rackley's pre-time skip, and he does in fact have those. I meant to check that, but I forgot to. He did? That's cool. Yeah. It was hidden by his bangs. Does anyone have a saw it? Does anyone have a photo of that? Where's Lee when you need them? But yeah, I love that when they for that picture. he shows up and then he the second he takes off his mask, that we cue the Rackley's theme song. That was brilliantly done. I love that. And uh, he sits on the throne and declares himself the king of Chiku, like he always wanted. Oh, hey, you know what we forgot to talk about? The fucking Megazord fight. <laughs> you know why I didn't want to talk about it? Because the dancing Megazord is cringe as fuck. And, and the oh, thing, yeah. like, when the episode begins, he's like, Gira's like, what's that noise? Freaking Gabutira is now there. Mini, yeah, Mini Tira stowed away on the Caucasus castle, which means I guess the curators are now just fucked because they don't have Gabutira anymore. They now have a pet T Rex. Wait, I thought, Gabu, I thought Mini Gabutira was a separate thing. No. Nope. And what's nope. even more of a thing is Gabutira only turns into this form when when. Kyori Red puts the one plus Gabutira battery into him, but he didn't have the battery in him in this episode, which is another continuity error, kind of. I remember Kyori Uger. <laughs> he just wills the transformation. Yeah, so Gabutira de Carnival slash Minitira stows away on Caucasus, and then when the mon when Kin Baijimu shows up giant out of nowhere, I, I guess there was some Rainbow Jururira around or some more Shugod souls kicking around 
he just shows up, and then because Kuagon was damaged by the space dog fight, Gabutira subs in, and we get King Kyoryujin. Oh, there's the shot. There's, there's the shot of Rackley's. You can, you can faintly see it. Yeah, I see it. I see it. It was, it was hidden by his bang. Yep. So we couldn't really see it, but it's, it's there. Yep. So that makes me think that's like a that's just um, genetic. I, it's like a Shugata and royal family thing, probably. Yep. Uh, yeah. You so I realized, you know what I realized? I no way they got the Shugata souls from for the Biogen boot royal bait. Probably from that dead pile of semi Shugats underground. No, from from the pile they fucking decimated up in space when they were re-entering the atmosphere. Could be. We actually don't really know if those do have Shugod souls or if they're just like soulless clones created by Doug Dead. Oh, that's true. It could be. No, but even even without Grody, he was controlling Shugods. Yeah. Anyway. So they definitely had souls. So we get King Kyoryujin, and what's interesting to me is the Tombo and Papillon Shugods combine into what looks like an axe? But then they use it as a fucking fly swatter. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, and also, we got to see the stock henchins for King Kuwagata Oger and normal Kuwagata Oger. Thanks for reminding me those exist. I, since Yanma's getting his own focus episode next week, this could be the one where we get stock Tombo Oger. Let's see it. Like, did, did you want our, our mech and monster to have a little dance dance off? Because that's what you get. Oh, the dancing was never this cringe in Kyoryuger. Like, I know that dancing is a thing, is one of Kyoryuger's main motifs, but it was never this cringe. Unless my memory is that bad. Oh, the dancing. I, I, I don't remember them dancing with a monster. No, I don't think they ever did. Yeah, we're seeing the monsters uh, dance in one of the endings, but that was it. Sure, but that could—that's arguably non-canon. Well, I mean, of course, it's—it's it's an ending song. Of course, it's not canon. Yeah, and I'm also flashbacking to the dancing swords and the Go Busters ending. Oh boy, <laughs> I remember those. This one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, King Kyoryujin shows up, blows up the monster. It's honestly the least important thing in the entire fucking episode. It really is. Especially when we have freaking, uh, Raculi's Virgil over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so very interesting episode. I'm just as interested as I have been. Um, and next week is going to be another Yanma backstory episode, so I'm interested. Let's see what happens. Also, they, they seem to imply that Shinokara fucking dies, and I'll be sad because he's my favorite aide. I don't think they'll do that. Oh, I didn't even notice that one shot of Yama with like brown hair. Wow, that must have been before he died at all. How many hair colors does this man have? <laughs> place, your, place your bets. <laughs> well, we're, we're at three. Change of hair every episode three times. Yeah, I was like, Jimeno had, Jimeno's got like full astronomer range of different hairstyles. 
<laughs> I forgot she did that. Yeah. Yep. I just remember her with the purple hair. Oh, Astronema? Yeah. Yeah, there was purple, there was white, there was red, so there's at least three. Yeah, I don't remember any of those. I just, re I just remember the freaking purple hair. Yep. All right, let's talk about B-Fighter. Juco! It's so hilarious that both Juco B-Fighter and Beetleborgs in the middle of their season replaced the red Beetleborg with a younger woman. For uh, reasons, obviously, but... For reasons. Well, yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I haven't watched it. Actually, should I just mute? You can stay here if you want. But yeah, so because we couldn't even afford to film a goodbye scene, the episode 22 literally opens with, oh, Ray's left for South America, volunteer, because we need, we have, there's stuff for her to do there. It's okay, though. She's, she's sending back an asset to help. Is it a replacement ranger? No, it's the it's a gun and a zord. <laughs> I, I, I understand we need more time for the new rattle. But you can give us a few minutes of her of Ray saying goodbye. Yep, we get a couple of clips and then kick her out. Time for the new red to show up. This little girl named Mai Takatori who really likes nature. The old one asked for uh, the old one asked for more money, so kick kick her. <laughs> Let's hire a fresh young actress. We can pay you peanuts. Any other things that we got teased were the pulse sabers and uh, the thing we're talking about the next episode. Yeah, they the hint at the thing I'm the thing I'm most excited about. I bear like the lot the. <laughs> The first episode I watched, I could barely remember what happened. It's so funny that we talk about these episodes this week where Rackley's came back, and then we have the debut of the Mega Heracles Zord. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite part of this episode is uh, Schwartz... And his, his, not only his new power, but his brand new weapon, the Bombrella. <laughs> it's, it's a metal umbrella sword weapon thing with the properties of bamboo, apparently. <laughs> and man, does he absolutely Mary Poppins the shit out of it. Oh, this is going ahead a tiny bit. But there's a bit where he attacks Black B and traps him with like the bamboo and like Yep. Ah, nice hammer pong reference there, buddy. Yep. Apparently Jera is the other female in the show is also not in this episode because she's off quote unquote searching for mercenaries. Although based on the context uh, her based on the something that gets yeah, said in episode twenty four. Yeah, her and Gigara are gone, but trying to find and train new monsters to fight the new Jukobi fighters. Yeah, and we didn't watch episode twenty-three, but I'm guessing that's the one where she comes back powered up and does a thing. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, short version: she comes back with a new mercenary. Uh, the new Red Old tells a new mercenary, "You don't have to fight." The new mercenary is like, "She's right." Leader. <laughs> Leader of the bad guy says, fuck you, fuck that idea, fight, and forces him to fight. 
Wow, all right. <laughs> that, that sounds like an old Toby plug. But yeah, so Mai happens to spot the quote-unquote shooting star because Schwartz bombs the fucking plane carrying their power-ups. And then she just happens... Was on that plane. She just happens to come to the B-Fighter's office with the cocooned-up pulsavers, and Daisaka responds by knocking the poor girl to the floor. <laughs> They just they give her no time of day. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I feel bad for her. Uh, yeah. So my notices the B commander for Reddle just sitting on the table and tries to morph with it and gets stopped. But of course, the armor inside decides to recognize her as the new Reddle. It reacts to her presence. Yeah. I just love the one scene where Blackbeat tells he think he he comments that like the Bombrella is stupid, and he's right. Your weapon is stupid. <laughs> Cut to the shot of of Schwartz floating sideways while holding it. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but yeah, so they they uh, the the Jamal start causing shit again. And like as the city's being attacked, we just cut to this random shot of oh no, a puppy. <laughs> and that's what motivates my that's what motivates my to just cared more about that dog than anyone else on the show. <laughs> my just runs into the rubble, picks up a random wooden beam that's sitting around and just javelin tosses it right into Schwartz's fucking face. And they cut to the professor literally having to run the B commander to her because she forgot it. You stupid woman, you left the morpher in the office. <laughs> not a good way to start your career as the new red Beetleborg. Really not. And you know what else doesn't help? The fact that they didn't even show her complete engine sequence. If just the changed uh, head frame. To be fair, I think they did that for the other two as well for this episode. They did, but they did. that still bugs me. That <laughs> bugs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and like as they as the fighting continues, I noticed that like the umbrella part of Schwartz's bombrella is just fucking gone. Now it's just a floppy metal stick. And then they split it right down the middle because bamboo. Um, Don't cut it that way. Cut it the way you cut bamboo. Yeah, because it's the bumbrella, so it's got the properties of bamboo, which is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Oh, and because we have a new rattle, the pulsavers awaken from their cocoon. Yeah, and then we we get the saber magnums, which are rad as fuck, and then they blast black bead, and he leaves. He's just like, I'm here to take Black or Blue Beat's head. Saber Magnum! Ah! You can keep your head for now! Leaves. I, I love, like, I love that in Beetleborg, Shadowborg was, like, such a big deal. Yep. Like, so, like a, a huge threat. And from, like, the one episode I've actually paid attention to... He's not a big deal here. He... he he he's a bitch. <laughs> he's just there. He's just he's there. Like, he's like Red Man. He's a bitch. From what Gar told me about his the way, from what Gar's told me about the way his plot goes, he gets some fo proper focus later on. Right now, he's just filling in for the missing generals. 
Also, he—he's the general. I just—I want to mention this, um, because I had this revelation. I don't know which episode it was, um, and now he's going to kill you, bear. Fucking bring it on, black (laughs) bee, black bitch. (laughs) Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, fight later. Oh, beetle bitch! How's that? Better. Better, better. Bear versus beetle later. Anyway, um... <laughs> there was a scene where Blackbeat says, uh, I'll, I will prove that only I can defeat Blue Beat or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and with Blackbeat's color scheme and Blue Beat's color scheme, I just had, like, a revelation. It's Sonic and Shadow. He's... No, he's it's base and Mega Man. Also true. Like <laughs> my brain just went, oh my god, it's Sonic and Shadow the Hedgehogs. <laughs> yes, I, but it like I, I'm reminded of Bat Base and Mega Man, because Base is always like, Dr. Wiley, you don't need any new robots, you have me proceeds to get his ass kicked. I was thinking Sonic and Shadow because I just imagined, I think you're the fake insect here. (laughs) Black Pete's like, I am the ultimate life form. It works better the more I think of it. (laughs) Good job, Itchy. But I just love that, like, as 22 ends, the, 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 the villains have left. And then the fucking professor hands the dog back to Rettel as if it was her dog. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we cut to episode 24 because 23 was narratively insignificant, I guess, aside from the fact that Jarek came back, but then is gone again. It's just Rettel's she development. Came, she came back with a monster, told the monster to fight, and Rettel said, you don't have to fight. And... The monster's like, hey, you're right. Proceeds to proceeds to be forced to fight anyway and gets murdered. It just it just comes off to me with the same energy as why do you take this from this guy? Because he's bigger. He's bigger than we used to be. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> There's our weekly requisite space jam reference. Uh so this episode, Gigaro gets a power up. Uh, personified by the fact that his gross whale mouth now opens and sprays at people. Silly string, go! You spent a month away training. What What have you learned? Did you know this mouth on my what? head can open? Did, did you guys know there's a mouth on my head? <laughs> you know, this time, you didn't even realize it was there. <laughs> that was a whale of a discovery. He learned string shot. Yeah. <laughs> No, you know what he did? He went away and watched Spider-Verse because he got the powers of an interdimensional spider. Enter the Gagaro-verse. <laughs> the Beetle-verse. Uh, yeah, so... Mai has been a Beetleborg for two episodes, but as the city is under attack, Mai is the one to go, they're just sloppily attacking the city. I'm suspicious of that. I'm like... What the fuck are you talking about? You've been here for two weeks. Why do you have ideas about what they should or should not be doing? They, they, show, they showed her, like, they, 
they showed her every every previous episode. <laughs> it just... All right, we have a stack of VHS tapes. <laughs> We're gonna show you every episode of B Fighter. Oh no! But yeah, so Gigara they they bait out the Beetleborgs. They summon their Zords, and then Gigaro uses his Giga Thread to web up the zords and then gaom uses his big giant space hand that usually takes things to the gaom zone but i guess this time instead puts the zords in an interdimensional prison personified by a big spider web he stole the toys yep now you can't buy them quick buy them <laughs> to ebay yeah so the episode becomes focused on finding and unlocking Mega Heracles, a.k.a. Gargantus. Fucking Gargantus! Let it out, Vegas. Woo! <laughs> I fucking love this guy! It's a pretty, I don't know why! It's a pretty rad machine. I don't know if, I don't know if they did this in Beetleborgs, but I loved it when the like big horn launched up and became like a separate thing. I honestly cannot remember if they did that in Beetleborg. I don't remember them ever doing that. All these episodes I watch, I I can I can oh whenever like like when Gar when the Gargantus pops up, I can oh I can hear the music tied to it playing when that when he was just walking, like I can hear the guitar riffs. My brain just imagines the Castle Duran theme for some reason. <laughs> um. Do, 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 yeah. I'm kind of sad that this wasn't, like, officially the white Beetleborgs machine, you know what I mean? Thematically, it is, because it's the same color, it's the same insect, but, like, it wasn't, like, a proper machine partner. As far as I've... Purely because his counterpart did not as much as we did with Beetleborgs. Yeah, we didn't even... We didn't even actually watch the episode with the white Beetleborg in it this entire month. I guess Garv's told me before that they were woefully unimportant compared to the Beetleborg's version. Spoilers, yes, they're I, a medic at best. I will, damn it, I was about to say that. Now, now, we love you both. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, the idea becomes like, the town is under attack, everyone's running, and I love that one shot where people are running in literally both directions across the, the scene. Like, pick a direction! <laughs> But yeah, so Mukai, Mukai tells them, no, it's fine. Some people are going to die, but you have to go and unlock the Zord. That way, less people die. And uh, so as they climb up the mountain to find uh, Mega Heracles, they, they run into Blackbeat, of course, who just, like, gets downed by the Saber Magnums and is not never seen again the rest of the episode. It's not clear if he lived. He probably did. But, like, they blast him and he just goes... Arr! and then he's gone i love i love how in this episode black beat just went hold on a minute the 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 b fighters have been acting suspicious lately i think something is up let me spy on them before you launch the attack and the boss just it, first of all the mr fly mr venus flytrap just goes well, that's well. Gee, that's really um. That's stupid. Fuck that. Yeah. That that that's awfully uh uh traitorous of you, Black Beat. And like, 
disobeying a direct order from our boss? You trying to disobey an order from Lord Vixa? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a, goes, such a fun voice. And then the boss just goes, fuck it, do the plan. And then as the guy leaves and Blackbeat is like just stewing in his own hatred, the boss goes, "Now nah, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Go, do your thing too. Go ahead. He's like, let the hate flow through you. Also, go do your shit. Yeah. What the fuck was up with Reddle trying to like flirt with Black Beat with the flowers? That was really weird. I don't know. That sounds like a, de- like a deception thing. Well, she rolled real fucking low. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so they get in and uh, activate Mega Heracles by attaching their pull sabers. And it's like, all right, awesome. We've unlocked the Mega Heracles. Now to get back to the city. Very, very slowly. I, I looked away Mega for Her- a second. And he, he, is, he is badass, but slow. <laughs> I look away for a second and they like they cut to like the the commander like in a field with um what's his face and I'm like for for a hot minute I'm thinking were the were the, were the beetleborgs too late is the city gone <laughs> there has been a large amount of destruction yeah then we get that one scene where like the main horn detaches into its own fighter jet and it's fucking awesome and then it fires its gun right into gigaro's whale mouth and then to fire the cannon at this screen where the i guess that's the entry to the portal of the dimension that's farming the beat machine i thought that was just like a holographic display showing the alternate dimension where the zords were being kept and like attacked but apparently that was just a great big open portal that they just blast the cannon into and free the zords we're running out of time we gotta wrap this shit up (laughs) pretty much so yeah that's those episodes cool pull sabers cool saber magnums cool mega heracles jet heracles very cool Story, eh. I love you, Gargantus. <laughs> I would have loved to just see this thing attach itself to the Beetle Battle Base in some capacity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a thing. It looks like the next episode, there's a cannon called the Death Gaum. There's an evil scientist named Lara who's defecting. And then we get the mega beat formation where Gargantus acts like the carrier zord for all the others. And then they do a thing. The carrier formation. Yeah. But that is no longer our concern because Borgtober is over! Was, eh. I don't have to watch this shit anymore! <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced Gar to make you guys watch more Simple Gear. We can do Symphogear at some point. I'm going to convince Gar to make, to make you watch B-Fighter Kabuto. Okay, I'd do it for one week, not another month. 
<laughs> Absolutely not another month. A week at best. It better be a slow week, a slow month, whatever the fuck. Because, like, god damn, I hated this month. It, uh, this is going to be the, the desperation play. Yeah. It was spooky. I don't know. The scariest part of this whole month is having to watch B-Fighter. <laughs> wow. Have I not made that joke already? That seems like something I would have absolutely said weeks ago. I, I know it's boring, but damn. <laughs> Have you ever imagined what watching B-Fighter is like? It's boring. Boring. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of Cast Ranger for another week. Thank you guys for joining me uh, in exchange for the regular members of Cast Ranger who have all been sacrificed to the flame. Don't worry. <laughs> Hopefully they should return next week. They were taken by FNAF, by Freddy. <laughs> by Five Nights at Funkin'. It's now Ultra Galaxy Chat's show now. No. Cool. There's three of us and one of you each. You can't stop us. You can't stop us all. And band, band, and band. <laughs> you forget whose server this is. All right. Jikai, Radio Sentai Cast Ranger. Next week, getting back to a non Beatle themed topic. Looks like we're going to be talking about episodes four and five of The High School Heroes. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, watching, liking, favoriting, sharing, subscribing, hitting the bell, and being awesome. As always, the primary source of our Cast Ranger hijinks is castranger.podbean.com. From there, you can find our Facebook, Twitter, Discord server, Patreon, merch store, all of our cool shit. And, of course, a hearty extra thank you to our currently active patrons, which include Blaze, Armorhide, Sentai VT, Midas the Fool, and Zachary Cook. Thank you very much for helping us do what we do. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts before we wrap up for the week? Uh, yeah, they anything right now. Don't listen to the critics. Go watch the FNAF movie. movie. It's great. All right. All right. We're out for next week. See ya. Bye bye. You can stay Sentai. You can stay Toku. You can stay Sentai. Just don't stay B Fighter. Waffle now.